Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome to the Parenting with Huddle Wisdom podcast. My name is Devin Tan. I'm a child forensic psychiatrist. I'm a dad. I like to share frameworks and mental models here so that you feel less overwhelmed in your parenting. Today, I want to talk about rats, nutty, nutty rats. How do we get out of them? You know, rats are nuts. We have them from time to time. They are, unfortunately, in life, inevitable. And, you know, it's not hard falling into a rut, but we know that it can be quite hard working back out of one. And then sometimes when we do work our way out, we might lose our footing, we might fall back into a rut, or we might find ourselves in a completely new one. It's very frustrating. Um, for many of you, like myself, I'm no stranger to ruts. In fact, it feels foreign when I'm not stuck in a rut. How can you say that, Devin? You seem to have it all together. I quote from someone um, I was talking to some years back. He said, you know, one man's success is another man's personal hell. My own life is not, I wouldn't express uh, my experiences in such dramatic terms. It's all about perspective and mindset as that changes everything. I'm no stranger to that overwhelming sense of absolute despair and resignation when you wake up and realize that you have to face another day. No stranger to that feeling like no matter what you do, your efforts ultimately fail. You get this continuous run of apparent bad luck. You don't know what to do and you can't catch a break. These are very familiar human feelings. We all have them. It's relevant to parenting life, isn't it? Why is it so hard to work ourselves out of ruts? Well, you know, we are in a constant state of flux. Balancing, rebalancing, competing pressures, tensions, demands, expectations. We have timetables to work with, school lunches to make, or at least help our kids to start learning how to make school lunches. There's homework, conflict, puberty, friends, family, work, our own passions and interests, extracurricular activities, you know, sleep, nutrition, exercise. How do we fit this all in? How do we fit it all in? I think about you know, when I go traveling, sometimes you pack too much into your bag and then you have to reconfigure it. You know, you bunch up your undies and your socks and you stuff them into a corner and you stuff them into your shoes, right? And you fold your everything else into tight bundles. And then you finally succeed in, 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 in pressing down on the bag so you, the zip can go all the way around. And then you realize you still have to fit your toilet, <laughs> your toiletries in. It's easy to see why it's so hard these days to work ourselves out of ruts. So what are we going to do? There are some basic things about surviving chaos that you have to understand first. The reason is because ruts don't exist in a vacuum. When you're struggling to get out of a rut, in more cases than not, there's usually some surrounding or encircling chaos. We need to learn how to survive this, which is something that I've learned from jiu-jitsu and grappling. I'm sure you know if you've been listening to me long enough that jiu-jitsu practitioner. And I think it's, it's a great metaphor for life, actually. And I think it's entirely applicable in a parenting context. For those of you who don't know what jiu-jitsu is, it's a grappling martial art. You have to deal with pressure pressing down on you 
all the time and there's always this constant tension this pulling and pushing right it can feel very much like chaos if you're not used to it, it there's a system to surviving we see, we seem to have lost that skill the skill to uh, or, or maybe the knowledge or the wisdom how, how to survive you know people say you know we we have natural instincts we have survival instincts fight flight freeze but sometimes but man what you see in real life is people spaz out People spaz out when they're under pressure. Not just in jujitsu, but in life in general. First thing you need to do when you're in the midst of chaos is to breathe. It sounds so obvious. People forget to breathe. You need to conserve energy. You need to stop agitating. Because that 10-ton boulder on top of your chest is not going anywhere. You just use up more energy when you kick and thrash and push. You need to find a way to conserve your energy. You need to then set up what we call frames to create space between you and the problem. Now, sometimes there's not a lot of space, very, very little space, but there is always space. You just have to find it. They, they say that jujitsu, I believe, like life, is a game of inches. Inches makes all the difference. It's like little shifts in your mindset, little micro adjustments that you you make drastically improve your efficiency in dealing with problems and reduces your stress levels because you use less energy and you expend less effort to get the job done winning little pockets of space it's a small battle and if you can win some space you're doing well. Because if you can string small victories together, over time, you'll find a way to escape from 10-ton boulder sitting on top of your chest. But you don't get to escape if you've thrashed and agitated and lost a lot of energy in the thrashing, just like with ruts, just like with surviving chaos. you got to set up frames. What are these frames? So some time ago, I talked about the law of small numbers. Maybe I talked about it on my Instagram. By the way, I do have Instagram now and I'm still learning. I haven't quite gotten the hang of it. You know, reels, posts, stories. I'm just starting to understand what those are used for. Anyway, the law of small numbers. So you think about a pie chart and say that pie chart is made up of uh, problems, 50% problems. Now, that 50% is going to have an outsized effect in a small pie. Think about your world as that small pie. And if my world is that small, the, that 50% of problems feels like it's got an outsized effect. So what can I do? I need to expand the limits of my world, which reduces the relative size of the problems. It doesn't eliminate the problems. The problems, the size of the problems itself, the absolute size of the problems remain the same. And I'm still having to engage with that problem. But relative to the rest of my life, it feels more manageable because now I have some space. I have some distance, some breathing room, which then allows me to find opportunities and leverage help me tackle that problem, which still remains the same size. Absolutely. It's only relative, uh, the relative size that shrinks because my world has expanded with frames. What sort of frames? I call them pillars. These are things like friends, family, exercise, interests, all worked into a structured schedule. 
sound so simple. Don't neglect sleep and good nutrition. These are all important frames and pillars in one's life. If you have these pillars, they keep the walls from compressing down those 50% of problems in your life. Now, the problems still remain, okay? This is not some magic trick where, you know, you expand this magic pie chart, pie in the sky, and then your problems disappear. No, the problems stay the same. But now you have breathing room, you have space to think. Now you need a system in order to tackle that problem. So say now you have your breathing space, you've got your frames, your pillars. How do you start working out of a rut? You have to first assess the nature, scale, and the scope of the problem that you're dealing with, or problems that you're dealing with. These are things that keep you stuck. And it's never just one problem. Sometimes they are hundreds, or it feels like hundreds, but don't let that discourage you because when problems are, are linked, and, and usually they are linked, it's sometimes a good thing because you only have to fix one or two and other problems may resolve themselves without you actually having to directly address them. I think about this like uh, in Tetris. Do you, do you remember Tetris? It's it's this this game like when you kind of have a series of blocks that fall from the sky, and then you have to uh, arrange lines of blocks to line up. Uh, and then when you get the, the the blocks lined up, they disappear, and it causes a cascade of of block deletions and explosions, and it's amazing. But you get these multiple blocks that just kind of disappear, which means you're winning. You know, you get one line, and then you get multiple lines disappear as well. Anyway, look it up, Tetris. You have to understand the nature, the scope, and the scale of the problems that you're dealing with. All ruts have a similar architecture, right? There's certain elements of a rut that you should uh, understand. So the first part of the architecture, the structure of a rut, is that you have a hole, right? It might be deep, it might be wide, it might be both. And then you have shackles, right? Shackles on your feet or your hands. They might be light, they might be heavy. You might have one, you might have more. Shackles are things like habits which keep you from progressing, like addictions, for example. And then you have slippery ropes. I, I, I call these slippery ropes erroneous thinking patterns or uh, cognitive fallacies, you know, biases, thinking errors. There might be several of these. The reason why I call them slippery is because um, they're automatic thoughts that we have. And when we, when we think about um, problems, sometimes we jump to conclusions, which is uh, a cognitive error. And then you start cli trying to, to climb, you know, using this slippery rope, and then, it, and then you always slip down. You, you never go anywhere. And then you have your barriers and obstacles, which are just things that are more blatantly in your way, you know, hindering your climb out of the rut. For example, you, you might have other folks inside the hole who are happy being there, or they might be unhappy seeing you trying to leave. And then you have the rickety ladder itself, the thing that you're trying to use to climb out of the rut. Maybe those, those rungs need repair. Because, uh, you know, the, the ladder for me represents... Um, a sequence of, of mini goals that you set for yourself once you've established a clear, focused direction where you want to go, 
then you can start building your ladder. Sometimes people's ladders look really disorganized. You know, they, they, they're not well thought out. Sometimes the rungs are um, too far, space too far from one another. The goals are just too big. So, you know, you've got the, the ladder and then the top, the, sorry, the bottom rung is like way up the top. How are you going to get there? You need to start at the bottom, right? And then you have folks on the top of the rut, the hole. They might not know that you're in the hole, but they would love to have a look in if they knew. Right? You, you kind of have to just call out to them and say, hey, I'm here. I need a bit of help. Our friends at the top there, they need our clear instructions to know how they can assist. So you need to understand this architecture. What are the shackles? What are the slippery ropes? Is your ladder fit for purpose? Do you have people in the hole with you who are trying to keep you down? Have you got people up top who could help you, but you're not asking for help? All these elements are factors in what might keep people stuck in. It's up to you to work out what these elements are, because each of these will require a specific action point. You, you can't address all these action points at the same time. You, you have to prioritize. You need to rank them in order of importance and then tackle each one point by point. You know, you might not um, work on mini goals or rungs until you've dealt with shackles or slippery ropes. And I think that's what, that's what catches people out a lot. They, they don't have a full appreciation for the rut that they are in and the factors that keep them there. So yeah, I'd start with shackles and slippery ropes first. These on their own takes plenty of energy. You won't leave your rut until you start addressing them. There are a few other things that you'll need before you begin working on that ladder of yours. Uh, I'll briefly share a list of characteristics of um, so-called rut climbers. If, if you have these um, uh, things down pat in, in great order, then you're much more likely to succeed in getting out of a rut. So these are the things which um, I think are really key things to, to keep in mind when you're uh, working your way out of the rut. So number one is you need to check the company that you keep. You know, who, who are you associating with? Rut climbers always seek eagles, not turkeys. 30 years ago, someone told me, Devon, if you want to soar with eagles, you've got to stop hanging out with turkeys. You know, it's, there's an attractive sort of solidarity with turkeys. Consider if you're uh, keen on staying with turkeys or not. <laughs> if you like turkeys, you can stay with turkeys. We have this thing in New Zealand and in Australia called the tall poppy syndrome. There are people uh, who would much prefer you not to soar. I call them turkeys. <laughs> Don't be a turkey. Sometimes I feel like a turkey. Number two, you need to be willing to learn from your mistakes and errors. And also, take the opportunity to learn vicariously from other people's mistakes and errors. Because that increases, sorry, it minimizes your chances of mistakes down the line. If you want a shortcut, I recommend reading autobiographies of people that you admire. Read all you can about cognitive errors, how to spot them, and how to fix them. Number three, not seeking comfort for comforts sake. The goal is not to get more comfortable in life. Comfort is like a side effect. If it is your end goal, you'll, you'll be disappointed in life. Number four, 
it, people who are rut climbers have a clear direction and they are sharply focused on where they are heading. Specific, clear idea of where they want to get to. Many folks don't know what they actually want. They just want to feel more comfortable. Whatever that means. It's amorphous. It's non-specific. But what does that look like? What does comfort mean to you? How do you know when you are comfortable? Okay. Let, okay, let, let's, let's say, I'll play devil's advocate here. Let's say comfort is your, your goal. It's not specific, right? So you, you need to be so clear. What does it look like? You, know, you wake up one day and you feel comfortable. What does your life look like in that state of comfort? Be specific. Because you're not going to be able to build um, that ladder based off of just this idea that you want to be comfortable. Right? You, have, you have to get specific and clear. You need to start writing things down, mind mapping. You know, many folks, like I said before, don't know what they actually want. Maybe they, they know that they just don't want to be stuck. But again, that's not sufficient. You have to decide where you want to go. What does my life look like unstuck? not stuck. What does it look like? How do I know when I'm not stuck? And then start working backwards from it. Number five, rut climbers set very clear goals, as I said before, in the direction of where they want to go. But when you start setting goals, you have to make sure that they are realistic, not too big, not too high up the ladder. You just imagine it's very cartoonish, you know, you say, okay, you've unshackled yourself, you've got your ladder, right? And you've got people at the top there waiting to help you. But your ladder looks a bit weird because, and the first rung is way out of reach up top. And people up top are like, hey man, climb up, come on up, come on up, willing to help you, willing to help you, come on up. They don't see what you see. They don't see that there are no rungs underneath that First rung, which is way up top, too high. So you need to set small realistic goals. That would be your first leg up. And number six, rut climbers reach out for help. Like I said before, it's not weakness to do so. In fact, to me, it demonstrates courage when you're asking for help. None of us have all the answers. I do believe that there is strength in numbers and in community. We can achieve great things together. Hence, huddle wisdom. So those six things, it's, it's not an exhaustive list. What I've just outlined are, in my view, the, the essential features. And besides, uh, you know, what I just gave you gives us plenty to work with anyway. All right, I just noticed, my friends, that uh, I'm just running out of time now. That's all for today. Uh, before I sign off, I just wanted to let you know that I am working on a refresh of an old video on the website. It teaches you about how you make sense of an emotional storm, a meltdown. Every emotional storm or meltdown has a, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But it's not a linear phenomenon. It's cyclical. If you can understand the, what a, uh, a beginning phase looks like, a middle phase, and an end phase, what those look like, 
you'll have a better understanding of where you must invest your energy and time in order to reduce frequencies, sorry, reduce frequency of meltdowns and intensity of meltdowns. I think, it, I think it's a good system. I use it all the time in my own life and also in clinic. I, I teach a, a, a version of it um, to some of my patients. Navigating meltdowns, that's sometimes that can be a real rut. Anyway, go and check it out. It's free. But if you go to a website, actually, I don't want to waste your time. Um, the, it will say, hey, guys, I'm working on the video, but here's a free PDF guide for parents. And I feel like if that's a rut that you're in, you know, you're stuck in relentless cycles of meltdowns, I really believe this will help you out. So the website is huddlewisdom.com forward slash get tools, G-E-T-T-O-O-L-S, sorry, T-O-O-L-S, get tools, G-E-T-T-O-O-L-S, huddlewisdom.com forward slash get tools. I hope that helped you in some way. Um, I'd like to hear if you want me to expand on any areas I've just covered. There's only so much I can say in a 30-minute um, episode of a podcast. And if I don't hear from you, that's fine. I, I will expand on some things that I've talked about today in future episodes. You know, I, I do encourage you to find me on Instagram uh, or on Facebook. And we can start a conversation on those platforms. Nice to have you, my friends. I'm glad you're here. I sympathize with you if you're stuck in a rut right now. You have the power to get out of a rut. You can do this, my friend. Don't be afraid to reach out to the people that around you. Breathe and work on those six points I mentioned earlier. I hope to catch you next time. Thanks, my friends. See ya.